Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. Can I get a boomer? Hey, listen, we had Turkey Bowl this week. Listen, I played like, I I don't think we only played but like five, six games, but your boy hadn't ran like that in about 10 years. And I couldn't walk. I, I walked like I didn't have knees for the last four days. Like I was walking like this, like my, my, I was sore in places I didn't know that you could be sore at. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night a couple times the first night with Charlie horses. Like I had to walk across the room, try not to wake up Caroline. Like it was painful, but it was worth it. Amen. Man. Hey, are we excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight? All right. Anybody ready for this semester to be over with? Yeah, okay. You know, I was talking with some people out there, and I was like, you know, Thanksgiving break is just a teaser, right? It's just like, it's a teaser because you really want it to be Christmas break, all right? But I know some of y'all are like, listen, I just need a little breath of fresh air to even get it, get to finals, amen? So, um, secondly, you know, just on that note, if you don't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving, let me know. Uh, you know, I, if y'all want to do Thanksgiving somewhere... I mean, Russell family Thanksgiving might be interesting, but you might have three or four little kids crawling on you the whole time. But uh, we would love to have you. Um, but anyways, tonight, this is what I want to look at tonight. I want to preach a little different than I have in, in years past, and um, let's give it a try. Jude 1.3 says this, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Students, in this world that is pulling you every which way on a campus that we know doesn't necessarily promote Jesus, I appeal you as well that we need to contend our faith. We need to fight for our faith in this world that's going to fight for everything but your faith. We have to fight for it. We have to protect it. We have to secure it in our hearts. We have to secure it in our minds. We have to secure it in our spirit. Because if we don't, what I have seen more times than not, especially if someone who has had faith before, I've seen very little people turn around and uproot their faith and just walk away from Jesus. But what I have seen is that we will pretend that we have faith in our life even though our life doesn't look like we have faith. And we pretend for it. We don't contend for it. And if we're not careful, we will fall into this hard pattern in our life of choosing what is less for our life instead of choosing what God has intended, that which is best for our life. And one of my mentors growing up, one of his famous sayings, was you win or lose by the way you choose. Choose wisely, students, because today we're going to look at a, at a life of Jacob. Now, I love Jacob. Um, uh, I've gotten to know him just a little bit more as I got to study him, and I know that he can have a little bit of a smear on his name just because of how he um, handled his brother Esau and maybe fooled him a couple times. I just, I just think when looking at Jacob, he was just crafty. Right? Like, I like crafty people, all right? Well, Esau, if you're going to be an idiot, well, I'm going to jump in on that, right? Like, he's a crafty little brother. Anybody have a crafty little brother? All right? Those little weasels, right? 
But he fooled his brother not only once, but he fooled his brother twice. And as I got to study just a little bit deeper about Jacob and his walk with Jesus, I noticed that Jacob was the type of person that would go against the grain of society and what they were telling him what it should look like and exactly the laws and the procedures and things and this is how your relationship with God should be. And like Jacob just went against the grain of everything because he wanted to do all things for the glory of God the way that him and God communicated with it. And Jacob and God had a very close relationship where God would speak to Jacob in dreams and visions. And you can read about those dreams and visions here in Genesis. And God promised that through him there would be a great nation that he would build through Jacob. Now listen, here's a side note for some of you. Some of you right now, you're having a little bit of trouble of trying to get into the Word and read the Word every day. Maybe you've tried to start from one end of the book and try to go through all the way. Maybe, like, let's change things up. Why don't you study people in the Bible for once? Like, maybe that would help you, like, stay in tune with what God is trying to say to you if you look at maybe Jacob. I think Jacob would be great. You got to see how God worked in and through him and how he got to communicate with God. Maybe you got to see David. David rise up very quick. David fell very quick. David then was rose up again by God, right? It's pretty cool to see maybe just maybe you can study some people in the book, in this great book, and maybe that would catch some of your attention. Maybe get your feet wet a little bit to where you can understand the Bible. That's just a little side note. You're welcome. All right. Needless to say, Jacob had his ears tuned into the frequency of God, and it was very important for him to walk in this relationship with God. But then this big text happens in chapter 29 of Genesis. And I heard a gentleman kind of talk about this and reference this scripture um, a while back, and I noticed that I love the way that kind of how he illustrated this uh, this marriage between him and Rachel, and I love to see just maybe the great illustration that it provided for us to examine our own lives on are we contending for what is best in our life? Are we fighting for what's best? Are we pretending with less? And I love just kind of the illustration that this marriage between Jacob and Rachel can actually be implied to you and I. You have two choices in this life. You can choose what's best for your life or you can choose what's less for your life. In Genesis chapter 29, listen, I'm not going to read it for you today. I want to try to do something a little different. I want to tell the story of Jacob and Rachel. And as I'm telling the story, I want to preach a little bit. Are you okay if I preach just a little bit? All right. See, we start in chapter 29 of Genesis, and we see Jacob is on a journey. And as he's on a journey, he's walking, um, and he gets thirsty, and he stops at this well. And he encountered some people. And he asked them, hey, where are you from? Where are you, you know, shooting the bull with them? And they said, well, we're from so-and-so place. And he's like, oh, do you know Laban? I'm like, well, of course we know Laban. We, we're grow, we grew up with Laban. Actually, a matter of fact, Laban's daughter is walking up, Rachel, and she's herding the sheep. Now listen, if this was a movie, all right, it would zone in to Jacob, slow-mo looking up at Rachel, right? And then it would zoom from Jacob's perspective to Rachel, like Rachel looking beautiful, herding sheep. I don't know if you can make that beautiful. You know, I don't know how sassy you can get herding some sheep or not. But then it would be slow-mo, Rachel like flipping her hair back, right? And Give him a little wink and eye. I don't know what happened. But something happened between Jacob and Rachel. 
And God was like knocking on Jacob's chest like, hello, like this is the one. You need to marry this girl. Attach your life to this girl. Jacob jumps right up, and guess what he does? He goes and talks to Rachel. Now, some of y'all don't need to be scared of talking, talking to a girl in here, okay? I'm just saying. He jumped up and talked to Rachel, and guess what? He talked to her for a good amount of time. He even kissed her on that same day. My goodness. <laughs> Kissing on a first date. Anybody with me, right? You lips, losies. Come on now. I don't even know what a sluzy is. I just made that up. But it was. He fell in love with Rachel, and he chose Rachel. And students, my question to you is, do you remember the first time that you knew that you were in love with God? Like, can you remember that? Can you remember the feeling? Like, he can take you back to that moment where you just fell in love with God. It could have been a camp. It could have been just with you and your Bible. It could have been through just a song. It could have been you and your grandma at your, in the back porch, and you just fell in love with God because you felt his love on you, and you knew how much you needed him, and you knew how much he cared for you, knew how much he gave for you. And I think just so many of us in this room, if we can be honest, we need to go back to our first love tonight. I think some of us, we have forgotten what it feels like to be in love with God. Like when you first experienced him where nothing else mattered in this world, you realized how important God was and you realized how little you were. Like you got that warm feeling, you felt the holy hug like I like to say, you were happy, you were excited, you were safe. You were free because the God of the universe loved you and you love the God of the universe. Have we lost that feeling, students? It's because, like, have we lost it? Is it because we think that God has moved away from us or is it because we have moved away from him? If I can be honest with you, students, if I can maybe just speak to some of you tonight, I have counseled thousands of students over the last 15 years of my ministry. Many of us have learned this bad and terrible trait of pretending that we love Jesus. Like we pretend like it's the right thing to say. Like, oh yeah, I love Jesus. It's the right thing to do. Oh yeah, I love Jesus. I go to, you know, I go to church. I mean, we pretend so much, Right? We lie so much that the more that we lie about it, just like any other lie, the more that you lie about it, the more it becomes truth, right? Yeah, I love Jesus. We say we love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our minds. We got the tattoos that say it, right? We got the Instagram like profile that's written about it. We go to church on Sunday mornings. We go to crossover on Tuesday nights. But let's not be mistaken, let us not fool ourselves. Let us be honest with ourselves today that we're not in love with him. That we're pretending to be in love with him. Because how many of us are still excited about God like Jacob was with Rachel? Students, can we, let me just harp on this just a little bit. I haven't harped on y'all too much this semester, right? Maybe some of the boyfriends in here who need Jesus. 
But can we say that we love God at the end of every day when we don't even read his word? Can we say that we love God when we don't chew on his word, we don't meditate on his word, we don't, me- we don't memorize his word, we don't speak about his word? Can we say that we love Jesus when we don't talk about Jesus? Now, tell me this, many of us, when we get that girlfriend, girlfriend, when we get that boyfriend, like, like we're excited about it. Right? We're excited about the person. Like, you're like, like many of y'all, like, you try to work in, like, that you have a boyfriend and girlfriend in a conversation where it doesn't even make sense. Like, one of your friends is like, oh, did you see Larry running the other day? Like, no, I didn't see Larry running, but my girlfriend the other day told me, like, I needed to start running because we need to start, like, running couples marathons together. My girlfriend said this, my girlfriend, my girlfriend, my girlfriend. Oh, you didn't know I had a girlfriend? Oh, here's the picture, right? God is good, right? Come on now, give it to your boy, right? Like, you laugh because it's true, right? How many of us need to go back to our first love? How many of us need to fall at the presence of Jesus' feet again and say, man, I need to quit fooling myself. I say that I love Jesus, but my life doesn't look like it. You know, I don't get excited about being with you, Jesus. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't been interested in learning more about you or growing with you or falling more in love with you. I think a lot of us tonight, we need to choose Jesus tonight. We need to choose Jesus over, thing, over everything. I love that song, Jesus Over Everything. That might be one of my new favorite worship songs. Some, something happened to Jacob, though. We see Rachel's father, Laban, come into the picture, and we see that Rachel isn't the only daughter to Laban. Laban actually has two daughters. He has his older daughter, Leah, and we have the younger daughter, Rachel. We have Leah that it clarifies in the Bible that she was not as beautiful as Rachel. They actually said she had weak eyes. Her eyes were weak, a.k.a. she had cross eyes. Leah the cross eyes, all right? Hey, I'm not making fun of her. It's what the Bible says. Laban says, you choose which one you want. You can choose Leah, and in this context and in our illustration, we're going to say Leah is less than Rachel, which is the best than. You can choose Rachel, or you can choose Leah. You can choose Leah the less, or you can choose Rachel the best. Jacob says, listen, there's no doubt. I, want, I, I choose Rachel, the one I love. And see, Jacob knew Rachel was the best. He felt it. He was excited about it. He was in love with her. And he wasn't going to choose something less than the best for, the, for his life. This is what this tells me, is, is where you are with God is where you have chosen to be with God. Some of us, and the same, same thing goes for your family, with your friends, with your schoolwork, everything. Where you're at with them is exactly where you have chosen to be. This is why. Because God doesn't decide how close you are with him. You do. God doesn't decide how much you rely on God to be God on your life. You do. God doesn't decide how much you trust him in your life. You do. Because why? You win or lose by the way you choose. And you can either choose the best for your life or you can choose what's less for your life. Only you decide how close you are going to be with God. You want less out of your life? then choose something other than the first love of Jesus. Some of us are choosing Leah in our life when we are choosing religion over a relationship. 
when we think that going through the motions of Sunday morning and Tuesday night are enough, when we think that being good enough is good enough, when we think baptism is what saves you, not a relationship with Jesus is what saves you is enough, that's choosing less than the best in your life. Choosing the best is saying, you know what, I'm going to choose Jesus over everything to be my king, and nothing is going to change that. I love him no matter what, and no matter what anyone else offers, no matter what this world throws to me, I'm not even going to give them a look because Jesus is my first love. Jacob didn't hesitate when Laban asked him, Who do you choose? Because Rachel was the best and he wasn't going to settle for the less. Do we settle for the less in our life, students? You have to choose Jesus. But Laban didn't stop there. He asked something else. He says, if you do choose Rachel, then what shall your wages be for her? Thank goodness Caroline's dad didn't ask me what wages I would have to give for her. Because A, I didn't have anything. B, I had to sell my car to even buy a wedding ring. All right? So it would have been like 15 years of work for that beautiful young thing over there. What's up, girl? It's my baby mama. <laughs> Jacob, obviously, knowing that Rachel was important, Rachel was beautiful, he says, You know what? I'm willing to work seven years of my life for your daughter's hand in marriage. They agreed to that, and he started working seven years. And after seven years, in verse 21, Jacob asked for her hand, and and Rachel's father, Laban, said that he threw a great celebration. He brought everyone together. He threw a great feast. And later that night, it doesn't give much detail, so don't try try to think all of this through, but something happens before they're able to um, go do wedding things after the wedding, right? Yep, and uh, before they can consummate the marriage, Laban sneaks Leah and switches her out with Rachel, and Jacob ends up being with Leah that night and not Rachel, and he wakes up the next morning, and when he looks over and he sees Leah, he goes, I've been deceived, and he was mad, and he was upset, and he ran to Laban. He says, why did you do this to me? Why did you deceive me? I spent seven years breaking my back for you just to pull this on me. Laban was like, listen, it's not common for someone to give their younger daughter before they give their older daughter, but if you want my younger daughter, then you're going to have to serve seven more years for me. Woo! Anybody would have been a little irked, right? Amen? Jacob, being the man of God he was and how much he was crazy about Rachel, he said, you know what? I will work another seven years for Rachel. You know, just wondering about this and looking at this, I wonder how tempting it was for Jacob to just take Leah and be done with it. Like, like, I put my time in my life, I put my time down, and I just don't want to do anymore. Like, I'm not going to give up any more of my life just for this. Like, I'm not going to just take what I have and I'm just going to, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take her, I'm just going to live on. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything else. I want to settle for Leah and I don't want to give anything more. 
Students, I wonder if that sounds a little familiar for some of us in this room. You know, I'm 20-something years old, and I've grown up in church, and, you know, I go to church, and I pray sometimes. I have paid my dues. You know what? I want to set comfortably where I'm at right now, and I don't want to grow anymore. Like, Lord, you know, like, you want me to do what? You want me to change my major right now? You know how hard that would be if I had to change my, min- my major right now? Some of us in here, you've had a little anchoring on your heart like, hey, why don't you go into full-time ministry? Guys, good luck with that. Amen, hallelujah, right? You're calling me to go into full-time ministry? I've done all of this, and now you want to just add on more things in my life? And go to ministry? Like, nah. I've already given too much. I don't want to give anymore. How tempting do you think it was for him to just give in and tap out? You know why so many people choose Leah the less and not Rachel the best in their circumstances? Because Leah is cheaper. It costs them less. It's easier to just dip out and not have to give more or to sacrifice more. Jacob could have sat back and tried to make himself happy with Leah because he wouldn't have had to work anymore. He could have settled with Leah and never had to try again for Rachel. Even worse, this is what he could have even done. He could have taken Leah and pretended that she was Rachel and he could have said, hey, look, I got a Rachel. She is the best when it was really just Leah. He could have settled and strived and tried to make Leah be like Rachel, but it never would have worked. He could have quit contending and started pretending in his faith. Students, how many of us are settling for what's less in our life because it costs us less in our life? How many of us are settling for being like the world and settling for things of the world because it's easy to go with the flow of society than it is to be the one that stands up in the crowd and says, you know what, not today. Today I'm going to be the one that God wants me to be and I'm going to strive and I want to bring people with me and I want to grow in him and I want to bring other with, with, with me to people at Jesus' feet. It's been long enough, and I'm tired of choosing what's less, and I want to start living for what's more. Maybe some of us settle because we know what we will lose if we choose Jesus over everything. Many of us in here know without a shadow of doubt, if I start walking with Jesus the way that I need to be walking with Jesus, I'm going to lose some friendships. I'm going to lose some friendships because I'm going to have to start acting a little different. Maybe some of you, you, you you're going to lose some family members. That's one of the hardest things I think many people struggle with is, I know if I start living for Jesus, I'm going to lose some family members in my life. Maybe some of us in here, we're going to lose something that's more important than friendships or family members, and that's lifestyle. You know it's going to cost you a lot in your lifestyle because you are going to have to sacrifice your lifestyle. It costs a lot. See, many of us in here have taken a hold of Leah, and we're also trying to make it look like Rachel. You choose something less and try to make it look like the best. Yes, Jesus, I choose you, right? I'm going to say I choose you. I'm going to say that I, but I, I go to church on Sunday, and I go to crossover on Tuesday night. That's enough. That's enough for me. 
we're going to say that that's enough. And we're going to try to make this Leah look like Rachel out of those, what, two hours a week when we have so many other days during the week that we don't even look like, talk like, act like, smell like Jesus. No change in your world, no change in your actions, no change in your attitude. And you haven't grown with Jesus in years. And when you pretend in your faith, you're not contending in your faith. And that's exactly where the devil wants you. He wants you fooling yourself into thinking that you're something that you're not. See, students, Jacob knew Rachel was going to cost him more. He knew that it was going to cost him seven more years, and he did it. He was willing to give more because why? She was worth the price. My wife likes to call me a cheapskate. Sad, right? Now, she might have a little credibility to that because like when I go and buy car parts, right? For instance, if I get brake pads to put on my truck, I go to O'Reilly's and say, all right, I need, I need some brake pads for my Sierra. And they're like, all right. They give me the list of 10, right? What do I do? What's the cheapest one? Why would I buy $100 worth of brake pads when I can buy a $30 pair of brake pads? So I put them on. And instead of lasting 70,000 miles, they do last about seven. All right, it's great. Batteries, get the Amazon batteries. They last two months rather than two years like Duracell, right? Like, I'm just a cheapskate. I put an AC unit in our garage the other day. It was, you know, like I found it on Facebook Marketplace. Why not? Because that's like new. It's awesome, right? And I probably should have spent like $1,200 on an AC unit, and I spent like 340 or something like that. I had to meet this guy in a, in, a, in a parking lot, and the whole time he's like looking around to see if there's any cops, and I had to like slide him the money. He gave me the AC unit. I like snuck. I'm like, what, is this illegal? Like, what's going on here? He drove off real quick. I put the AC in. It, in. It's cold. It feels great when you're really close to it. Um, if it feels like um, if I opened up my refrigerator door, it, it would probably cool the, the garage better than that AC unit that I spent money on. Because I was cheap, right? She calls me cheap all the time. She says, you always get what you pay for. Students, the cost of following Jesus is greater than following something less. But what you pay for is worth the cost because you get more than what you pay for when you give your life to Jesus. You give your life to Jesus and you get Jesus in return. You don't just get some of Jesus, you get all of Jesus in return. What you pay for with your life is what you expect to give you life. What are you expecting to give you life right now? If it's anything other than Jesus, then it's less than what you should, you should be paying for. Are we settling for what's less? Are we contending? Are we fighting for what is best in our life? Like, what about our day-to-day? Like, how much are we fighting for our faith day-to-day? Like, what if we're just like, hey, you know what? I got an extra hour right now. Like, should I scroll on the gram or TikTok? Like, Let's just be honest. You're probably going to be fighting some temptations there. Do we need to go back over that again? Or do you say, you know what? Hey, you know what, God? I'm going to give you an hour of power right now. 
What if you took a step outside, put some AirPods in, and you put on some worship music, and you just started walking across this campus saying, you know what, God, like, man, I love you, I care for you, Lord. There's a couple things that I'm dealing with right now that, man, I need some guidance on. Lord, I feel a little, like, under power right now. Could you, like, give me some strength? And, like, you just find yourself in his presence, walking across his campus, and maybe just walking and talking with the Lord your God. And, man, he can empower you in such ways that you could not even imagine. Maybe some of us, we have the option of choosing less on Friday nights. Maybe we're settling in our Friday nights. And, you know, I could go to this friend's house. They did invite me to this friend's house. And I know what's going to go on at that friend's house. And every other time I've gone to that friend's house, I've felt guilty after I left that friend's house. Maybe, just maybe, maybe I I need to make tonight a best for me. Maybe I need to choose Jesus tonight so I don't have to do Friday the same way I have ever done every other time. Maybe tonight, you know what, I need to find somebody that wants to be my friend. Maybe I need to find somebody that needs a friend. I asked you all four weeks ago to raise your hand if you wanted some good, godly friends, and 90% of you did. Tonight might be the night that you actually act on it. Why don't you find somebody, say, you know what, I don't know you, you don't know me, why don't you come over and watch a movie? They'll probably be like, All right, let's do it. Hey, you know what? Let's go find three other people to do that on Friday night, and let's get to know one another and get to pray with one another, encourage one another, so when we wake up on Saturday morning, we can still give God praise for what we did on Friday night. Who wants a friend like that? Maybe it's dating. Maybe some of us are settling in our dating. You know, Brent, I'm dating this cat right now, and this dude... Let's just be honest. He isn't only less, but he makes me feel less. But tonight, you know what? I want to go for the best. I want to finally give it to Jesus. I want to finally give Jesus a chance. I want to break this thing away. I want to give Jesus a chance to make me feel whole and make me feel great. And Lord, I just ask you to let me forget about my past. I need you to strengthen me in my now. I want you to just be able to build up into me now. And I want you to be able to bring me somebody in my future that I need to be with. Someone that's not going to tear me away from Jesus, but someone that's going to push me closer to him. Student, let's quit settling for less in our life just because it costs less. Just because you think it's easier, I can guarantee you in the long run, it's not going to be easier. Let's give Jesus not only seven more years, but let's give Jesus 70 billion more years. It's going to cost you every single day. But the cost of looking like, acting like, loving like Jesus is well worth having an an eternal relationship with a Father who wants nothing more than to give you life. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you freedom. He He wants to be your best friend. And whatever you think the cost is, I guarantee you the reward for choosing him is far greater. Side note here, just the difference between Rachel and Jesus. Is Rachel paid for nothing for, for Jacob's love when Jesus paid everything for your love? So there's a choice. we got to choose Jesus. we got to choose what's best in our life over what's less. There is a cost. 
But I guarantee you the cost is, is, is way less than what the reward is going to be. But we also see something is that there's a consequence of J- Jacob choosing Rachel in his life. I love verse 20 when it says, So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love that he had for her. You know what the consequence of Jacob choosing Rachel was? He got Rachel. He got the best. He didn't settle for what was easier. He didn't pretend for something that he was not. He didn't quiver when there was fear. He didn't get stuck when the hard times came. No, no, no. The consequences of him choosing Rachel was that he got Rachel. Students, you want to know what the consequences of you choosing Jesus will be? Is you will get Jesus. You'll get the absolute best. You'll get the every day, every moment. He will help you when you're down. He will strengthen you when you're up. He will be your shoulder to cry on. He will be the swift kick in the pants when you need to straighten up. But the consequences of you laying your life down and living for Jesus every day will be that you will get Jesus every single day and he will love you from now until eternity's gone. Are we excited about that? You want Jesus? Choose Jesus. You want to you want the best? Don't stop choosing Jesus in every single day and every single way of your life. Second thing happened to Jacob when he chose the best is his calling was fulfilled. His calling was fulfilled. His offspring and his legacy continued all the way down to the bloodline of Jesus Christ. I guess I get asked all the time, students, how do I know if I'm walking in the will of God? I just simply ask, are you walking with God? I say, don't. I say, walk with God and don't settle for anything less. If you choose to live a life of less than walking with Him, then you're not walking with God. God and his will. But if you are fervently and passionately choosing his ways over your ways, you're walking with him. If you're consistently thinking his thoughts over your thoughts, you're walking with him. If you're fighting your insecurities and social anxieties to tell people about Jesus, then you're walking with him. If your life starts looking a little more and more like Jesus every single year, then you are walking with him. If you know the word of God, then you will know the will of God for your life and you will be walking with him. Students, it is time for us to quit settling for what is less in our life, and it's time for us to start living and striving and contending and fighting for what is best in our life. Let's go back to our first love of Jesus Christ, and let us rest in his presence. Let us find his joy. Let us find peace that passes all understanding. Let us choose him over choosing anything else every single day. It is a cost, amen? It will cost you your life. But I promise you, what you pay for won't even compare to the the eternal bliss that we will have in glory. In the end, if you choose Jesus, the consequence will be is you will get Jesus. And I promise you it is worth it. And I promise you it will take a fight. And I promise you that it will be great. I want to finish with this. I want to make a promise tonight.
I want you to make a promise to let us contend with, for our faith and stop pretending without our faith. Lord, be with us tonight. As we come into your presence and we continue to be there, Lord, just learning from your word, I beg that these students, we don't take light of the fact that every day we need to be contending for our faith. We need to fight for it. In a world that tempts us with so many things, in a world that's those struggles, in a world that's so hard, in a world that, Lord, in all honesty, it's turning more away from you every single day. And we need to be fighters individually and fighters together to keep our faith in you. Tonight, I know some of us, we have never made a relationship with you. And I, I beg tonight that they say, you know what, I've never had that type of relationship and I need one. And if they would, if they feel encouraged, if they feel like they're tired of living their ways of old, that they will come down and they will pray with somebody. And say, you know what, I want to give my life to Jesus tonight. Can you help me do that? I beg that they have the courage for that. Others of us in here, you know what, Lord, we, we've been pretending. We've been living less than. We have been choosing Leah rather than living for the best like Rachel. And we've been thinking that Sunday mornings and Tuesday nights are, are enough. And if we look at our life right now and we feel the struggle and the pain that we're going through, we know that we haven't been living for you. Maybe tonight we need to come forward either in the front or up in the balcony and we need to pray with somebody saying, you know what, can you just pray with me for man, I've just been living a fake life and I want to just live sold out for you. I'm going to give you everything. I want to give you praise. I want to give you worship, Lord. Maybe some of us, we want to change our life tonight. Maybe you just need to come down here and pray by yourself. But students, listen, you win or lose by the way you choose and you have to choose Jesus in every day and every way. Lord, just be with us tonight. Give us courage. Give us power. Give us passion. Lord, just let us be able to choose you today. Put it in your name.